Hey Barbara, just curious, how do leaders keep their head in times of crisis? Curious Teams is a podcast for design, construction, and owner teams. Welcome to Curious Teams. I'm Fred Gutierrez. And I'm Barbara White Bryson. And we're here to make the design, construction, and owner environments a better place. Okay, so today we're going to reflect on a podcast by Dave Gilmore. It's uh, called This is Design Intelligence. And I'll let, I'll let you, Barbara, a friend of Dave's, introduce him a little bit. Well, Fred, I've known Dave Gilmore now for many years. I've been part of design intelligence in a variety of ways over the years. And Dave is CEO and president of this organization that is trying hard to pull all parts of the industry together, uh, help us think strategically about how to make the industry better, much as we are doing, but many, many more resources, uh, publications, articles, and podcasts. In this particular podcast, which is number 168 of This is Design Intelligence, Dave Gilmore spends not much more than three minutes talking about how important it is to keep your head on as a leader during these difficult and challenging times of change in the design and construction industries. Yeah, and just to give us a little perspective, because who knows when you're going to listen to this. It could be any time, but, you know, we're recording <laughs> this in December of 2022. You know, we've just come out of two and a half years of a pandemic, and now we're um, kind of teetering on, uh, in some people's perspective, a recession. But yet, you know, construction and design is going straight through this, and I think this is the reaction that he wanted to talk to about is... How are we going to deal with our industry during these difficult times? Sure. And when you listen to this three minutes, he'll give you the summary of what we've been through recently, including COVID and inflation uh, and resources, a problem with many, many resources, supply chain and others. But at the end of this three minutes, he gives four points that I thought that maybe you and I could talk about, Fred, uh, not only in view of crises and stressful situations, but also as far as how we should be leading organizations anyway, especially when we're in crisis of some sort. Yeah, I think this will be good to talk through. First point, he says, is keep your head, maintain common sense, refuse to accept baseless, factless, highly opinionated input. This is very timely for you know the situation we're in, but it's also something you could use all the time. I think in the situation we're experiencing now is there's a lot of, what is the word we want to use? Chatter. There's a lot of gossip going there, and there's a lot of things that are unknown to be true. And in a reactionary situation, they're often given more reward or more value than they're, they're, than they're warranted. Yes, this is this is a really strong statement, and it is very reflective of what's going on culturally, not only within the design and construction industry, but in many of our owners' institutions or businesses, where there's an 
awful lot of, I like the word chatter that you, that you use, um, where people are very opinionated. Oh, we can't ever do this, or we can't ever do that, without really looking at data, information that is really truly sourced from a reliable place, and most important, a clarification of definitions. We're working often with definitions that feel very mushy these days. It would be very good to clarify those definitions before making decisions and proceeding. Factless really strikes me. It's this credibility of your your information that you know when in times of of strain or 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 undue pressure, you really need to slow down, like he says, keep your head, and and just make double check, triple triple check, is the information you're gathering valuable information that is actually true. Especially reflecting the difference between opinions, and there's a lot of them out there, <laughs> <laughs> and, and facts that are, that are being carefully presented based on measures and information and definitions, as we said before. You know, Fred, I was, uh, I can't remember exactly where I saw this the other day, but I did see that uh, the fashion industry is having a, a number of challenges right now because they are trying to, some members of the industry are trying to be reflective of sustainable values. And yet there's very little helpful information out there that says that changing this practice, this old practice to this new practice is really going to produce sustainable results. There's a lot of difference of opinion about that. And of course, it's exacerbated by the fact that they, they market themselves using this value set and quote unquote changed practices without giving it a very hard look as far as the outcomes. Yeah. I mean, you're touching on a nerve with me <laughs> with these, uh, I don't know how to say it. I'm glad we're talking about the the fashion industry and not construction, but it makes me reflect on a lot of things that I thought were true. I mean, this really applies in a lot of cases. Um, When early, when sustainability was becoming an issue in in construction, when I was doing my first kind of sustainable project, I was doing lead projects, and lead had a lot of a lot of good intentions. But I believe now that we've we've gone through you know years of, of of questioning these these initiatives, a lot of them weren't really fact based or really true. But that doesn't really change the the the, the intent to move something forward in a positive way. So I, I I don't know. What is your thoughts there? This is exactly where Dave Gilmore's common sense comment comes in. So you remember the original lead checklist, as Mm -hmm. I do, which said things like, well, if you get materials from less than 500 miles away versus over 500 miles away, uh, that you got points for that. And without any regard to the quality of the product, the sustainability of the product itself, And, you know, golly, if I got a great carpet 
from 501 miles away that had sustainable characteristics, come on. Yeah. Okay. So there seemed to be some arbitrary characteristics embedded in the checklist, which made it, as you know, problematic. Yeah. I remember buying FSC bamboo because it was deemed sustainable, but that was coming from 5,000 miles away. (laughs) Right. You know, and and it was hard and it was hard to know if it was really sustainable, you know, for certified. So to send an olive branch out to all those who found that there were problems within the checklist, there were a lot of folks who were using common sense and said, listen, we're going to use this checklist as a point of departure, a conversation starter. And as we move even more seriously towards really trying to understand the carbon footprint of a building and recognizing that there still isn't a clear way of measuring that, we're all going to have to do a great job working with manufacturers, with builders, and other folks to try to come up with the best answers that are knowable at this time. (laughs) So we'll go back to what Dave said. Keep your head, maintain common sense. I love it. I love it. And you you and I have both experienced um, leaders that really are chicken little when something bad happens. You know, you're over budget. Okay. Yeah. And rather than go through a process or reset the process so that you can manage that budget, it's oh my gosh, we've got to change the design or we've got to do this or do that. And none of it is helpful. None of it will really result in a acceptable outcome in that situation. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an example as a leader. So how do you lead with this topic? You know, as a leader, you're keeping your head, you're maintaining common sense. How do you present this to your team? Well, let let me think about that. Okay, so when you present this to your team, this is about making sure that you aren't pulling the rug out from under your team, right? So you're facing a crisis. Everybody has understood their jobs and is doing their job up to this point. Why are you going to change things suddenly? Take over, you know, make hard decisions. When your team knows their jobs, you just have to make it clear that they have the latitude to work through this crisis. I want to go back to sustainability for a moment because sustainability has been very challenging for many people in our industry because it's felt by some that it's more a religion than a discipline. And when it becomes a religion, then you stop being able to use facts and common sense And you start responding or reacting rather than setting out a purposeful path. Now, I know I'm, there's going to be a number of people that are really going to like what I'm talking about right now. But <laughs> if you think about sustainability as a discipline, as a, you know, if you're a leader, and say, right. yes, this really is something we want to do. This is something that we want to be effective at. Then you're going to be curious and you're going to ask a great many questions rather than reacting to the latest podcast 
or the latest headline. And so it's very important that we create environments for our teams where they understand that we do expect the discipline. We don't expect the hyperbole or the frustration generated by not being able to get it right based on your interpretation every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 taking the time to to ask those questions, to to be seriously to be genuinely curious about why and how and questioning the possibilities. And in in that's this a great, that's a great yeah. Point, yeah. And it's at this at this point in our culture it has become even more important to ask those questions. And if your team needs to ask the questions, you need to make it safe for your team to ask those questions. Yeah, I, I think this is a good time to roll into the next one because you're you're talking about teams. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. And, and Dave's next point, he goes, pull your trusted team in and ensure you're all on the same page. There's no room for misalignments. What I love about this is is two things. He uses the word trusted. And, and just the use of the word pull kind of gives harmony. Like these people are close to you and you trust them. So you have, you have a group of peers or employees or, or just people you've built trust with them. You need to work with them in this time of crisis and remember that you can work together. And if your team is working well and can content, continue with the, the dialogue that you've you've established in the past, you can get through these moments of crisis. That's that's such a great point because it means that you have, as a leader have been doing your job and that your team, again, is knows their jobs and you can pull them close and talk to them about the risks associated with this challenge and ensure that you create alignment. You and I have talked many times, Fred, about values and uh, principles that people use to keep going in the right direction. This is a terrific opportunity to not only talk about the facts of the case, but also to talk about, well, does this impact our priorities? Does this impact our list of principles for making decisions moving forward or during this period of time. And I expect that in certain cases that it would. I think sometimes we forget in times of crisis that there are people we can trust. And and to remember that you've got these relationships out there. They're professional, but they're personal too. Personal in the sense that people know you and you know people. And there's a trust out there if you need information those are the people you need to go to, the people that you trust and that trust you. And that's that community that you can rely on in these difficult times. That is so true. And, and there's two things that I think that are awfully important to talk about at this point as you're trying to follow through on these ideas. And one is, let's not forget about how important communication is. So this pulling your team in is really about effective communication, Mm -hmm. making sure that everybody's getting the same message, everybody has a chance to voice 
their concerns, but it's also about how difficult it is in our fragmented teams where sometimes from one project to another, we have entirely different consultants and subcontractors and and other participants. You need to make sure you've done your job so that even in these challenging environments, and I'd prefer if we had more stable teams, that'd be great. But if we don't, you have to make sure you get to that place of trust that you're talking about, Fred, Yeah. before you hit crisis. <laughs> yeah, trust building. That's, that's a conversation there. And it can happen. Okay. Yeah, it can happen. <laughs> but you're right. You have to get to that point of trust so that you can, you can align. It's hard work. It is hard work. But it's work. It's what we're paid to do. Well, speaking of teams, do you want to go to number three? Sure. You want to introduce that one? Sure. This one is about um, lifting your head and securing client relationships because they need to know you care as much about their needs as about your own needs. Uh, It's easy, especially in designing construction environments, when things go bad that we retreat and say, okay, I'm going to do what's best for my company, for myself. And instead, it's incredibly important to make sure that you reach out and say, wait a minute, we said from the beginning that it's not a good outcome if we're all not successful, even during these difficult times. And for people like me who have, and you, Fred, because you represent owners, sometimes it's awfully important to make sure that stakeholders that are involved in the project, maybe not directly, but that they understand that their needs are still important. For example, there's a budget bust because of these inflation challenges. You don't want to start solving that problem without letting the stakeholders know that we're still listening to their needs. Right. This reminds me also when we were talking, I'm not sure which episode it was, but we were talking about procurement and the the difficulty we're having with with surety in um, procuring things. And you can see from a vendor's point in their business, it's very challenging. They're trying to keep their head above water but they need to secure their client relationships. And it's the good vendors, the good subcontractors that reached out to their clients and said, we know your success is based on us delivering this. We need to talk about the challenges we're having so that we can all be successful. And and it's sometimes not delivering good news. It's just delivering pertinent news, news that you can react to. It's having those conversations so people know that you're looking out for them and you're concerned about their business as much as your own. You know, it's interesting. We talked uh, talked a moment ago about how important communication is. And what we're saying, you and I, we're saying, don't just tell people that you're over budget. Just yeah. don't just give them the bad news, but frame the bad news in, in maintaining an understanding of what the needs are, the outcomes should be, and and principles and values and other things yep. that you know that other stakeholders are going to be concerned about. 
Yeah, show that you're still aligned. That you share the same values. Yep. So number four, he'd like us to plan our work. <laughs> it seems easy enough, right? Plan your work. Far too many are in reaction mode, not planning, not maintaining strategy perspective. You need to get the help you need to research, articulate, author, and execute. Really good point. You were telling me that you were, you were challenged today by uh, having not necessarily planned as carefully as you wanted to. Well, that's funny. It's like you think you've planned. Like I, I had a really, <laughs> really organized day. But there's one thing that I, well, I didn't know about, but I reacted to. And I should have just regrouped. I missed something in my plan. But instead, I thought I could solve it. In today's environment, that solution wasn't possible. But I spent a good four hours researching, <laughs> and I was unable to do it. So um, it's not a great example. But yeah, in, 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 this, in this environment, planning needs to be very articulate, very, very detailed. That's where he says, get the help you need to research, articulate, author, and execute. One example I, I would bring up today is we were planning a kickoff for a project today, and I met in person with the builders. And just that conversation came up that there's a dry sprinkler system in this in this building that I wasn't familiar with, and this could be a big problem. So it's having those conversations in advance. You know, we're not we haven't we haven't started the construction, we haven't finalized the contract. You know, figuring out what are we missing here. Let's let's gather the information and see what's missing. You know, that's a, those are two really good points there as far as planning are concerned. Uh, what you were just talking about is that you have to you have to plan for the detail. You have to plan for um, understanding that there may be decisions that are unexpected that need to be made. But then the second point is that sometimes plans aren't sufficient, especially in crisis environments. And so we are professionals, and many of you listening are extraordinary professionals. And you can see stuff coming down the tracks. I mean, I think at the very beginning of COVID that it was fairly predictable that we were going to be going through some very volatile economic periods. And so having a plan B or a plan C is very, very important. Looking ahead and, and using your experience and understanding of the industry and of owners and of uh, supply chains to say, hey, you know, what happens if a high percentage of our materials are over, over price or are not going to arrive on time? How can we plan for those eventualities? What you said is even even the best laid plans. I mean, who said this? Mike Tyson. You have a plan until you get punched in the nose, right? <laughs> so even the best plan can go astray. But I think what planning does is it starts a conversation about, again, it's a value alignment. It's a, It's a way to say, we're planning to have a result that protects us or unifies us in a, in a particular way. So in my planning on this project today with, with an owner and a builder, 
the conversation was about how are we all going to be successful here and let's plan for that because it doesn't make sense for one of us to be successful alone. We all need to be successful and the best success is having a well-organized short schedule that doesn't have a lot of changes. And I think being unified that we all care about each other's success is part of the planning. And it's not to say we're going to, the plan's going to go smoothly. It may change, but at least we've aligned ourselves knowing that we are in agreement that success is in a particular way for all of us. I think it, it definitely does all of that. I, I would go a, even a little bit further. I would say that great mm -hmm. planning builds knowledge among all team members. You've talked before about using um, pull schedule planning. And mm -hmm. so we all know that stuff happens uh, on that pull schedule, that sometimes the delivery's not on time, uh, sometimes there is a problem with the installation of something that's upstream. But because you built that knowledge, you know the full set of impacts downstream, and you know enough to be able to make adjustments that yeah. you can that you can live with that that can make this right. move forward. So I would say planning builds knowledge as well as alignment on values and principles. Yeah, we should talk a little bit more about what he means by get the help you need to research, articulate, author, and execute. What are your thoughts there? So we've been talking a lot about teams and a lot about the fact that diverse teams, which are, are comprised of people that bring different perspectives, different skill sets, different experiences to the table are better prepared to solve problems. And here's, you know, in, when we're talking about crises, that's exactly when you need that full set of um, experiences, uh, skill sets, perspectives, so that we can, as a team, collect the information understand how best to share that information because, you know, in a crisis situation, people will react to what you say very, very quickly. So I think making sure that you have a clear understanding in the team about how to articulate and they can help support you in doing that. In short, I'm saying leverage your team. Yeah, I'm thinking of an example, a couple examples. One example is, you know, obviously in times of crisis, there's there's new problems that you hadn't faced in the past. And that's when you might have to bring in an expert to help you solve those problems. You need to be aware that you may not have that in-house. It may not be part of your team now, but it's important to source that individual or information knowledge base and use that to your leverage to find your way out of this problem. So true, you know, yeah. And it, yeah, and it, an example is like with manufacturing, you know, everybody's dealing with difficulty with um, sourcing mechanical equipment. Uh, electrical equipment's gotten very difficult. Now's the time to reach out to those manufacturers, those those distributors, and bring them closer to you as an expert and helping you specify or select equipment that's going to be able to solve your problems and not fall back on 
a solution that that you thought was the only solution in the past. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I I just ordered some plumbing valves. The lead time is about three months on them, and I'm just flabbergasted by them. But as soon as I ordered it, the manufacturer what? called me and said, what? "We're actually not that far out. We're that far out on the the chip that manages the software interaction." So we can send you the valve. You just can't finalize it until later. So they shared that information with me. It was unsolicited by me. And this gets into a, a difficult thing with information is sometimes not all the information is shared because it's too much information for, for most people. So you need to you need to source more information if it's not if it's not offered to you. Right. That's, you need a question that, lead time. That is really yeah. interesting. And I want to compliment the supplier for reaching out. Yeah, it was, I, was, I was very impressed. Yeah. this person recognized that it had an impact on your schedule uh, and would help you with workarounds. Uh, on the other hand, um, yeah. how could he very crisply and easily put the information out there that's, that could help you during the planning process. It's what is, if you bring up a great point about what is too much information and what is it you need. In a crisis, you obviously need a lot more. It is. Yeah, it wasn't a critical component to the valve. It was kind of a, an upgrade mm -hmm. to it. I suppose in their, in their presentation of us, to me, it could have been clearly stated, but it may have taken away from, you know, the value they've established for their product. And it, it gets into their marketing yeah. and, and such. I, I don't know exactly why they didn't state that more. Um, it may have, yeah, I don't know. But as you said, ask the questions. Uh, it's going to be up to the project management and the team to um, be more specific in questions, to be as curious as possible, especially during these times of, of crises right. and, and unfortunate surprises. Well, that's a lot of information from a three-minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dave, Dave gave us a provocative short talk that I think helps all of us take a moment to, to, to think about what kind of leaders we want to be and how we want to react in a crisis situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think in looking back at these four items, there's there's all of them share this sense of pause, catch your breath, remember that you can do this and lead lead with some purpose. And also leverage what you already do well. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed talking about this. I would shout out to Dave Gilmore and Design, Design Intelligence for uh, putting out this information and uh, helping us think about these subjects. And uh, thank you, Fred, for uh, providing so many of your important insights uh, in, on these four points. It was a pleasure. Nice talking to you today, Barbara. So thank you so much for joining us at Curious Teams. This is Barbara White Bryson. 
and this is for Gutierrez, and now you go make the design, construction, and owner environment a better place. Find us at CuriousTeams.com, where we hope you share your comments and ideas. Look forward to upcoming episodes that answer questions that you've sent us on our website. And please subscribe to us on your podcasting platform. It helps us find more people like you. And it never hurts to do a five-star review.